Hey everybody and welcome back to the Living With Power Hope Podcast. My name is Lena Abijemra and I'd like to welcome you back here. If it's your first time checking out this podcast, maybe you saw the title of today's episode and you wanted to come check it out. Hey, I'm glad you're here. Let me tell you a little bit about myself. I uh, trained in pediatric emergency care, practiced for about 18 years and then transitioned to telehealth. I now practice full-time in telemedicine. I also run a ministry called Living With Power Ministries where we uh, bring hope to the world. We do it in a number of ways through uh, Christian writing and discipleship materials. We bring biblical truth for everyday life. This podcast is part of that work of discipleship and really work of spreading the good news of Jesus Christ to the world. We love Jesus. We believe he's the answer to all of our problems, but uh, we also spread his life in other means. So we have a work in the Middle East with Syrian refugees and uh, the Lebanese people who are going through some disastrous crises as it pertains to um, the economy and also their safety and, and their future and all of that um, you can imagine in a country that's falling apart. So uh, we do a lot of different things here. We have a retreat house called the Hope Ranch Retreat House, which you can find at thehoperanch.org, meant to be a place, a haven for you to uh, spend quiet time with God and just refocus on your spirituality and and, uh, the things that matter in life. But here on the podcast, we've been talking about uh, issues pertaining to faith, life, and culture. I talk about them through a forum called Dear Lena, where you send me questions and I answer them. And so um, as it uh, happens, I've done a lot of talking about COVID, but we have not addressed COVID in a while here on the uh, podcast. So I'd like to take a few minutes today and as a physician who is currently practicing medicine, give you some thoughts about it in answer to a question that came through on the podcast. By the way, before I get into the question, let me remind you that you can subscribe to this podcast or you can uh, just uh, check in our website, livingwithpower.org to get more details about our ministry. Uh, By the way, you can sign up for a daily devotional called the uh, Power Minute uh, when you go to our uh, our website. You'll get a little prompt to do that. We would love to serve you in any way we can. And so we are really glad you're here. If you have a question for dear Lena, that's me, Lena. uh, It's spelled L-I-N-A. Well, then send it to dearlena at livingwithpower.org. All right. With that in mind, let me give you um, today's question. Dear Lena, how can you as a Christian doctor support the COVID vaccine? And um, I really appreciate this question. And I appreciate it uh, coming on the tails of an evening uh, spent with a friend of mine who does not believe in vaccines. I do. And uh, she's a follower of Jesus, one of my close friends. And just the tension of that conversation reminded me of the importance of walking sensitively over this particular question. So whether you're watching or not watching, whether you're listening and you are a pro-vaccine or whether you're listening and you're trying to to, to find holes in, in what I have to say to you today. I, I, I pray that for the next few minutes, you can just lay down your arms and just come with an open heart and hear what this doctor has to say about the vaccines. I, I will observe that doctors have become very reticent to speak about the vaccines in public forums because of the backlash by the public. And I, I, um, I don't want to be that. I want to speak the truth that I know it and I want to speak it with compassion. So uh, with that in mind, I want to sort of um, think through three uh, every week. I give you three bullet points, a way to frame how I think about issues. And I tend to think with a biblical worldview. And so here in a post-Christian, post-modern culture, uh, we want to go back to God's word. We believe that God's word is inspired. It is infallible. It is authoritative. And we submit our lives to it. And so with that in mind, I 
fully believe God to have spoken, breathed his words in scripture. I also believe that God has given us science and I believe it as a tool in our hands um, to uh, propagate life. And so uh, here's uh, how I would frame the answer to that question. How can you as a Christian doctor support the COVID vaccine? Number one, uh, here's, here's one thought. While I believe that the vaccine has indeed been politicized, I am convinced that vaccines save far more lives than harm them. The reason I, as a Christian doctor, believe in the COVID vaccine is because overall, I believe that vaccines in general have done more good than bad. And uh, um, that has been proven over the years. Uh, I think there's over, what, 19 diseases that have vaccines now. And we have found since the beginning, since the inception of vaccines, um, uh, we have seen the huge reduction in morbidity and mortality of diseases um, so I want to, here, I, I hadn't looked this up. The first vaccine, I just wanted to get a date on that. The first vaccine was in 1796. Edward Jenner performed that first vaccine. And uh, of course, since then, we've come a long ways. This was the beginning of the smallpox vaccine. And of course, smallpox is no longer existent. There's been a couple of diseases that have been fully eradicated. Polio is just about eradicated. And the majority of the other diseases that we have vaccines against are what, over 90% of the disease is now gone. So we think about like the measles, the mumps, the rubella, the hemophilus uh, influenza vaccine, the hib, the uh, hepatitis vaccine. You can think about the baby vaccine um, uh, cycles that your babies went through. Most people have had vaccines in the United States. We're mostly fully vaccinated. There's few exceptions here and there. And, and despite some of the um, rare, out, bad outcomes with vaccines, really incredibly rare, uh, the the gift of vaccines is, I think, stands undenied. And so now you bring in the COVID vaccine, which initially people were arguing that it was too early to make conclusions. Now we're two years into it. I think there's been over, what, 520 million doses of the first COVID vaccine given. So I think we're at 70, 72% rate of the first vaccine all in, in, in the United States, which is incredible. I think uh, this, the status of fully vaccinated people, meaning two vaccines, uh, is a little lower. I think we're at 60, 64%, somewhere in that range. And so we've got a little ways to go. I think it's believed that you have to have 85 to 90% vaccinated people in order to achieve herd immunity, which when we get there, then people will have the luxury of saying, well, maybe I don't want the vaccine. But until then, we need a bulk mass of people to say, all right, I believe in this and I'm going to do this for the sake of safety. Now, has the COVID vaccine improved uh, safety uh, and, and outcomes have, have, has the COVID vaccine improved outcomes in hospitalized patients and morbidity and mortality of patients? And I think the answer is an equivocal yes. Uh, the data, um, I mean, you see a lot of different data. There are people who, who judge the data or, or doubt the data. Maybe that's you. But by and large, I think you can, um, you can track that over the past few months as the vaccine has rolled out, the death rate has continued to uh, be uh, greatly reduced by the COVID vaccine. I think the numbers have been anywhere from 6% of people who are in the ICU who have died from COVID. Um, I think the rate of death from COVID is at 6% if you're unvaccinated, and it's all the way down to like less than 1% if you're vaccinated, which is incredible. Uh, this last round of, of illness, of course, people are like, well, I know people who have been vaccinated who have gotten the disease. Well, it, getting the vaccine doesn't protect you from getting the disease. What it does is protect you from the severity of the disease. Your body has been trained to fight it. Uh, the, your immunity is stronger to that regard. And of course, we know about the Omicron, which is a variant of the COVID vaccine. And even with the Omicron, that third booster shot, people have done a lot better with the booster shot. And yes, you could still have two vaccines and still get, and I mean, any, everybody has an anecdote of someone who, you know, has had one, two or three vaccines and has still been sick as a dog. By and large, I can tell you I'm a high 
high uh, volume doctor. I work in telehealth every day of the month. I mean, this is it for better or for worse. I see a lot of patients every month. I, I have uh, over a couple of thousand patients, let's say a couple thousand patients a month. So I talk with a lot of patients and I can uh, tell you that the numbers of COVID cases is huge right now. And I, uh, anecdotally, again, if we're going by anecdote, I think my experience is probably a little bit wider than yours. And I would confidently tell you that those who have been vaccinated have um, less severe symptoms and shorter illnesses than those who have not been vaccinated, where we're still seeing those 10 days of 103 temperatures. That is in the pre-hospital. I'm, I'm in telehealth. so and, and of course, when it comes to the hospital setting, I think most doctors would tell you uh, without a shadow of a doubt that having the vaccine greatly protects you against um, the negative effects of the COVID, which is now a reality in our lives, have, has been for two years and is not going anywhere. People want to know, like, how long will we continue to have mutations of the disease? Will there be another one after the Omicron? And yes, the thought is that there will continue to be mutations, as there are with something like the flu shot. And of course, part of the vaccine program is to continue to modify those vaccines to provide greater and greater coverage. And so... Um, and the problem, of course, so I still go back to my point, while I believe the vaccine has been politicized, I'm convinced that vaccines save more lives than harm them. Uh, by the way, the death rate, the reported, you know, there's a, there's a place in the United States, uh, I forget what it stands for, but the adverse effects of vaccines, V-A-E-R-S, so it must stand for vaccine adverse effect something, something. Um, out of 520 million doses of the COVID vaccine, I think there's been 11,000 reported deaths, which I did the math and is an incredibly low, like, uh, if you divide up 520 million, or I'm sorry, we've got 11,000 deaths. Um, let's divide by, uh, excuse me, while I do the math, uh, 520 million. Uh, that is, uh, wow, like almost negligent percent. Now, that doesn't mean those 11,000 lives are negligent. I'm not saying that, but the rate of negative outcomes with the vaccine are incredibly low, incredibly low. It's so very safe. Uh, to And by the way, again, now you're going, well, but but if I don't like but if I don't get the vaccine I wouldn't be one of those eleven thousand. But remember the death rate of COVID without the vaccine is so high. I mean we're now talking a year after COVID. Remember our days before the vaccine when COVID just came out and everybody was freaking out and the death rates are so high and still we hear these fluke stories of people who get COVID and die and it's horrible and it's continued. I think um, I think when you think about the number of deaths of COVID. Um, so far, it's it's still astounding. I don't think any of us should. What is it like? Eight hundred eighty thousand now. I I, I hear eight hundred forty-eight thousand today. I'm, I'm recording this sometime in January. Out of sixty-five million reported cases, that is incredible. Um, that's almost a million people who have died in the last two years from COVID. Uh, wow. And so the problem, of course, with the vaccine is that it's been so heavily politicized, and so that you can't even have a conversation to look at the data clearly because automatically there's a partisan divide over the vaccine so that if you're on one extreme or the other of the political uh, line, you're going to have such strong emotion against this. You can't even process whether or not there is uh, protection by this vaccine. Uh, by the way, besides the safety of lives, uh, think about the vaccine in terms of how much um, protection it's provided to the vulnerable, how much protection it will continue to provide to the vulnerable. Maybe you are vulnerable in that you cannot get the vaccine. Well, when enough people get the vaccine and there is herd immunity, now those who are most vulnerable in our culture, and so we who are um, pro-life Christians who want to save life, not 
just the life of the unborn, but life at every level. There's a part of going for this vaccine that uh, really thinks even in the future about those who cannot get the vaccine who would be protected because of our, let's say, let's call it quote unquote sacrifice. I don't know if I'd call it a sacrifice, but even if you wanted to be grim about it, you could still say, wow, like you're really helping the vulnerable over time. But then also, if you want to be more pragmatic about it, money, you're saving money when you bring down the death, the mortality, the morbidity rates in the United States due to COVID. You're even saving billions of dollars. Vaccines in general have saved billions of dollars over the years. But really, again, that to me is secondary. I'm just saying, like, if you, that's you and you, you don't want to think about humans, you want to think about costs, even in that angle, vaccines have been so helpful. But again, the problem is that they've been so politicized. Let's not, let's, I think that's been the greatest mistake is that the government has taken over the conversation about vaccines as opposed to leaving it to the medical um, people like myself and, and others who are working and giving their lives for saving lives in the hospital setting and the pre-hospital setting and the post-hospital setting. And so um, nowadays, uh, most people just tune out their doctors because they come to the table with a preconceived notion that is based on their politics, which is a tragedy. So here's a second thought. Why me as a Christian doctor support, why I as a Christian doctor support the COVID vaccine. Number second, second thought, while I believe in end time prophecy, I am convinced that the spiritual attack will center in end times will center on our belief in Jesus and not on a life-saving vaccine. While I do believe in end time prophecy, remember I told you I am a follower of Jesus and a believer in God's word, the Bible as being the end all. While I believe in end time prophecy, and I do, I'm convinced that the spiritual attack that will come through the Antichrist will center on our belief in Jesus and not on a life-saving vaccine. See, nothing about the COVID vaccine thwarts the forward movement of God's kingdom outside of the fact that it's become such a tenacious topic of conversation causing divides in the church. So it's destroying God's kingdom, but nothing about it is I'm vaccinated. I still adore the Lord Jesus Christ. I've given myself completely to him and will continue to do so. There's nothing that is changing. I'm not following an antichrist. And so I think when the spiritual battle of the end time comes, it will be much more related to who we worship. And there's nothing about those who have chosen to vaccinate that worships an antichrist. We, I claim Jesus Christ as my savior. I will continue to follow him and honor him. Now, again, look, I mean, there, whether a vaccine is a matter of conscience, of course, I think the vaccine is a matter of conscience. I don't dislike or hate or divide my friend who was over yesterday who disagrees with me on this. By the way, I have multiple friends who disagree with me on this. I still love them. You know, I still disagree with them, but I still love them. And, and I'm challenged to try to understand what it is that is keeping them from moving forward with what seems to be, as a physician for me, so obviously a good thing. And so, um, but, but when you go back to so, so many, you know, conservative Christians who have, you know, accused, well, the vaccine is the way of the government is inserting a chip in your body. It's a sign of the antichrist. It's going to take over your thoughts. Well, I, I beg to differ. And I think when the, when that movement of the antichrist and, and, um, the end time, you know, scary stuff that's going to be happening, I think it's going to take on a much more direct attack on our faith. And, and I know I know some of you are hearing going, no, no, that's the whole point is, is you won't know. They're going to do it so subtly. No, I just don't think it's going to be that subtle. I think that we're going to suffer persecution for following Jesus and it won't have anything to do with our, with our vaccine status. You're not suffering persecution by choosing not to vaccinate. You're just putting yourself at risk. So you have to show a vaccine card in my state. That's not persecution that you have to go to a restaurant and show a vaccine card and you're mad about it. 
I'm mad about it. I believe in vaccines and I'm mad about it. I don't think it's someone's business to show. So I'm against the vaccine passport. I think it's a manipulative way to get people to get vaccinated. But do you see, it has nothing to do with our faith in Jesus Christ. And so nothing about the COVID vaccine hinders the proclamation of the good news of the gospel other than there's a world who's watching us, who looks at us and goes, oh my gosh, evangelical Christians don't even love mankind. All they care about is themselves and they can't even see the light. And so it's hurting our testimony, but not in the way that, that the mark of the beast will happen in Revelation chapter 13. By the way, if you're looking for understanding where do Christians, you know, what is this concept of the mark of the beast? Well, it's, it's all in the book of Revelation, but specifically the book of Revelation uh, chapter 13. So, um, so while I believe in end-time prophecy, I'm convinced that spiritual attack will center on our belief in Jesus and not on a life-saving vaccine. Okay, so yes, it's politicized, but, it's, but that's just here or there because it really it, it, it saves lives. Secondly, yes, there is such a thing as end-time prophecy, but as a scientist, I, I, I still think you need to step back and think about scripture and, and, and how the spiritual attack will happen and, and choose your battles. And then thirdly, how do I, as a Christian doctor, support the COVID vaccine? Well, uh, while I believe that God does indeed control everything, I am also convinced that God has given us the ability to make wise choices. God has given us the ability to make wise choices. We have to make them all the time. And listen, the reality is we're not all going to agree on the wise choices. Some of you will listen to this and be like, you know, stupid doctor, doesn't know what she's talking about. Delete, move on. Fine. I take it. I receive it. That's fine. Others of you are going to pause and say, you know, if she's a doctor, like, believes in it, you know, maybe you have a question about vaccines and you really have a legit question, send them to me. You know, I don't need links of all of the people you listen to who tell you that the vaccine is bad. But if you have a legit question, I'm here to answer it. Just send me an email at dearlena at livingwithpower.org. But, but, but I th- want to go back to this concept, like, yes, God could protect us from illness. And he has. I had the COVID, I believe. I didn't get tested, but I lost my taste and smell. I had a mild case. It was before I got the, the booster. I should have gotten the booster sooner, but I don't know. I just put it off and probably for similar reasons as you in that, I don't know, I thought I was fine with two and I thought they were all hyping it up and I thought enough, I'm only going to get a couple. Well, I got the COVID. And so I was near my mother who's 80 and, and I wasn't sure I had it. And by then we were already exposed. She was traveling with me. We didn't have any place we, we can go apart from one another. And, and she didn't get sick. She did have the booster, ironically, but still, I really believe God protected her. Like, I really believe God can protect us. That, that, I'm not saying he can't. I really believe God can protect us from harm all the time. But it's like, remember when Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil and the devil says to jump from the building and I'll, you know, I'll protect you, can, I'll give you everything, etc. Jesus didn't jump. Well, because, because you don't want to put God to the test. And so you can stand in front of a train track and say, well, I believe God can stop this train from attacking me. But it's not wise. You know, your kid gets diagnosed with cancer. You can say, well, I believe God will heal him. He might, but you have anti-cancer medications now. And the list can go on of, you know, blood transfusions. I mean, that's been a hugely controversial thing and, and debatable thing in terms of like the ethics of it with kids with blood transfusions with the Jehovah's Witnesses population. And, 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 and God bless them. I mean, they, they tell you this is their faith and they don't want to give their kids transfusions. And we've had to override some of those decisions when it's in the best interest of the child. As physicians in my practice has been in pediatric ER, those are real things. But as Bible-believing, Jesus-following, God-loving Christians, we have been given the ability to make wise choices. And while God can protect your family from illness, 
that faith that he'll just do it because I have faith in it, well, that won't protect, make you immune from illness. And God has given you the ability to embrace a, a means of protection that is available and safe and saves lives. And so it's like that guy in the boat. I know we all know that illustration. If you grew up in the church in the 80s, your pastor gave you this illustration of you're in the boat and you're sinking and you're like, God, help me. And, and like, and like uh, somebody, you know, a, a, the first person comes around and it's like a Jewish rabbi and he wants to help you. And you're like, no, I'm praying God will provide someone. Then somebody else comes and you're like, no, God sends you a helicopter comes. He goes, no, I'm praying that God will protect me. Then a plane comes and I'm praying God will protect me. A big boat comes and I'm praying God will protect me or save me. And then at the end you die and you go to heaven. You go, God, I can't believe you didn't save me. And God's like, I don't know what you wanted me to do. I sent you the guy with a helicopter. I sent you the guy with the plane. I sent you, you know, I mean, I know it's sort of like funny and ironic and, and stupid. And, and you're like, don't bring us an illustration from the eighties. Like that's so silly, but it's the truth. Like God's given us a means for healing. And we're just kind of going like, no, not for me, God, you're, I want you to protect me and save me. And he might, and he will in his, you know, it's, but he's given you a means to do it. And so I was thinking about that a bit because we've also done, um, I've been recording a, um, a podcast on guns and and how we should protect ourselves as Christians that I don't know if it will run before this one or after. So, oh my gosh, if you think this is controversial, wait till we do the gun one. But, you know, you might say, well, you know, um, like, you, you know, I think we can apply these, like sometimes I think we can be skewed and like, like I'm not for... I think I think people can have the right to have guns, but I'm sort of a you know I'm sort of on the side of I've seen so many injuries as kids, so I think well I don't think you need one in your house. I don't think every Christian ought to have a gun to protect each other from one another. And I, again, I make a compelling argument for why I think that in another podcast. But you know I think I think I was thinking about this point of does God protect us or do we have to, you know, you know, seek protect, you know, get the vaccine. And so I thought some people might play the devil's advocate and tell me, well, you know, like turn it around on me and say, well, you know, you said you believed in, in not having a gun. And so you're trusting God to protect you because if you were being proactive, like go get a gun. Cause that's like you getting the vaccine. But, but you see the difference is, and I think why those sorts of, of overanalyzing these ideas is that the difference is a gun has the ability to harm in a very massive way. Whereas, and I, again, I'm not talking in this podcast about gun control. I'm just using it as an illustration to say like wisdom is able to differentiate between like saying, okay, God, like, like I don't need a gun because you're going to protect me is not the same as saying, well, I don't need the vaccine because God's going to protect me because the vaccine helps, whereas guns hurt. And so you see, that's wisdom is to look at each situation, use what God has told you in his word, and then try to make the best decision according to your conscience while looking at all these elements, the saving of lives, the protection of the vulnerable, the future of your kids, on and on and on, and, uh, and make a decision wisely. And so as I've concluded with so many of these, um, of these podcasts, like never before, we need to pray. Christian, if you're for the vaccine, you need to not try. And honestly, I, I hope, you know, I'm not trying to shove the vaccine down your throat. I tell this to my patients all the time, like when they feel like defensive about, well, I haven't gotten the vaccine or they tell me they have COVID. And then I ask them if they're vaccinated, they say no. And I always tell them like, I'm not mad at you. Like really, it's okay. It's too late. Don't look back. Like we're going to get you through this. You're going to be fine. Like I genuinely have compassion for people who are trying to do the right thing. So if you're vaccinated, pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're unvaccinated, pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Like let's be praying people. Let's be loving people. But when you say, man, how can you as a Christian doctor support the vaccine? Well, it's because I believe that God has given us science as a tool for life. And so as long as you don't worship science, 
and let science control you, but you come to it with wisdom. Man, I've got plenty of Christian doctors who practice medicine and thank God for them. And by the way, thank God for my non-Christian doctors who practice medicine because you're using science to save lives. All right. So this doctor, myself, I believe in the COVID vaccine because it saves lives, because I don't believe it's the mark of the beast, and because I want to make wise choices that protect those people around me. So uh, that's my take on it. Uh, I don't know if you're angry now or hopefully maybe understand a little bit where many of your doctors are coming from. Uh, But at the end of the day, let us be um, listening, peaceable, and respectful of one another in the debates that follow. So please feel free to email me. It's dearlina at livingwithpower.org. Hope you have a wonderful day. On Thursday nights, I teach live on our Facebook community page. I'd love for you to join us. Just go to livingwithpower.org slash community. You'll find out all about it. And I hope you come back next week. And if this has been helpful, share it with your friends. All right, guys. Love you guys. See you next week.